Hey everyone, welcome to the I Know Him podcast. My name is Rachel Sweat and I am so thankful that you are um, taking some time to be with us today and just to hear what God is doing in the world. Our purpose for this podcast is to invite our neighbors from around the world um, to come and see, to find out who Jesus really is and what it means to know Him from the lives of those who have personally experienced Him. I'm really excited about this episode today. I've got, um, we, uh, as many of you know, um, who are in the States and those that are out of the States um, that may not know, Hurricane Harvey blew in about a week ago and has done some incredible damage to the state of Texas and specifically in the Houston area. And um, our guest today is a friend, Homer Allison. He's a pastor down there, and he has been experiencing God for a long time in his life. Um, but specifically, I reached out to him to see if he would share with us how he is experiencing God in the midst of this, the remnants of this hurricane. Um, so, Homer, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of go into what God's laid on your heart. Sure. So, um, first of all, it's nice to connect back with you. Yes, it's been so long. Yeah, doing ministry with you when you're in high school, maybe just fresh out of junior high even. But um, it is a blessing to be able to come as your guest on this and just share. So, so yeah, my name is Homer Allison. I'm a pastor of a church here in Magnolia, Texas. I'm the founder of a ministry called Battle Cry Ministries. And we're a very small organization. I have three staff members. It's me. It's my daughter, and it's a young man named Corey. And then, of course, my wife, who is the foundation of everything that we do. Um, she mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. keeps me sane, and she doesn't get paid. Oh, uh, man, she's a good one. And, yeah, and technically, I don't get paid. None of us get paid. The, our whole ministry is faith-based. We never have charged a penny. So when we're finished with this uh, Harvey stuff, right. I'd love to come back on three months from now. Yes, absolutely. And just kind of kind of go more in overall ministry, but it's, we've always operated by faith, just believing God for everything. And that's what we're doing now. And just really, honestly, just trying to wear ourselves out and destroy this tent before we get to heaven. Mm. And um, yeah. And so I pastored this church. I founded Battle Cry. Uh, we were getting ready, ironically enough, to go to a conference, a youth conference to start promoting and bringing in mission teams into Houston uh, which we are still going to do, but now we don't really have to promote. Wow. Uh, we, yeah, we are going to be there. Uh, we are going to be there to promote, but instead we're switching gears and it's just going to say, we're just going to be in the hallway yelling free mission trips. <laughs> That's a great so, way to do it. Yeah. For one year, basically, we are giving free mission trips to any church in the entire world. I don't care where you are. Fly in from Switzerland. And we'll house you here, and we will put you to work in the name of Jesus. That's awesome. Okay, so let me clarify this. This is a personal invitation right now to anyone listening, right? Does that That's include right. them? All right, cool. Anyone, yeah. Anyone out there, you've been feeling your tug to go on a mission trip, can't afford it, here you go. And this might be a little bit edgy, but I'm going to say it anyway because that's who my heart is. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're an atheist group out there. I'll take right. you. Yes, absolutely. Now, you need to understand that I'm going to talk to you about Jesus when you come, but I will, I will let you do humanitarian work with, and, and I'll give you a twisted Jesus in the process. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I'll be looking forward to hearing that story too, because that'll be great. It can happen. Yeah. So that's a little bit about me, Rachel. Okay. All right. So Homer, we're kind of, we're kind of been talking about you have, tell us a little bit about you have boots on the ground. You've got, 
the hands in a lot of different areas. You've been running hard. What um, kind of tell us a little bit about the operation that you're doing right now okay. since the hurricane hit? Yeah, so pretty much almost immediately when we were in the clear, you know, right, right. You've got the hurricane blowing through, and you're just you're making sure things are okay. And we were up here three or four different nights at the church actually vacuuming water. We took in a little bit of water, not much at all, but. We, for three nights in a row, we vacuumed water so that we wouldn't just have a mess. Right. And as soon as as soon as we were in the clear of the storm, Jade, my daughter, asked me. She says, "Dad, what are we going to do?" And uh, we've got it. We've got to do something. And that's kind of been the mantra: is just do something. Do something. Yeah. If you know, I made a you know a plea that I don't know if it got out in Houston, but I can promise you this: if if every single person that said in church and shouted amen last Sunday in a Houston church, if every one of those people would have not went ate, ate Mexican food, uh-huh. but but instead would have went and gutted out and mucked out a house, there wouldn't be one house in Houston that still needs to be mucked out. Oh, man, yeah. And so true. in my typical fashion, Battle Cry <laughs> Ministries, I've always been one that challenges the church to be the church instead of stop playing church. Right. Right. No one needs anyone to play church anymore, and and the and the Bible tells us to go into the world and make disciples of men. So there's no better way to do that than when you're pulling their carpet out of their house. You know That's what I mean? That's true. Yeah, no better place to to speak life and truth into them. It's the only thing that they. It's they're in that place where all they have literally is Jesus, or all their need is Jesus. That's right. Yeah, they have no. They literally, they literally don't know even what to do and, yeah. and to just go in there and not just help them re- to restore from the hurricane, but to restore hope. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be okay. And that's what we're actually doing. We have a database of 55 families that we're going to take from demo to doorknob. Mm-hmm. If they're in, I don't, I don't care about FEMA. I don't care about insurance, <gasps> you know, whether that all states, you're in good hands with all state. No, you're in good hands with Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Preach it. And so we're going to take these 55 families and then some. They're still, the families are still coming coming from demo to doorknob all the way down to we're recruiting senior adults from churches to give them an address and a phone number. And every single week, we're going to have a senior adult adopt a family for for six months. So cool. Every week, they're going to write that family a letter encouraging them in the name of Jesus. Oh my gosh, Homer. That's awesome. That's going to be so effective. Yeah, what a way to get to get everyone involved. That also kind of speaks a lot to like you're never done doing ministry until you yeah. are with Jesus face to face. So yeah. I, I mean, you guys, you, y'all are doing the work. You're on the grounds. You're housing people to go serve. And I've been seeing you've been posting pictures of the work you're doing. I mean, these these people's lives are just out on their lawns, and as tragic as it is and as sad as it is, it's really cool because I don't know that I've, I don't, I can't remember a time in my life really when I've seen the church respond so immediately and effectively as I've seen it in regards to this last most recent hurricane. Um, can you touch a little bit on that about how the church is moving and how God is moving through the people that know him? I can. So, um, and, and with, without that, you know, especially the remnant of believers mm-hmm. who, who has basically said, I cannot do nothing. Right. You know, I may not be able to muck out a house, but I'm going to bring you some sheets. 
I may I may not be able to go and spray spray and kill mold, but let me bring you snacks or something. We have enough food, Rachel, right now from people that we don't even have a clue who they are. I have enough food to feed mission teams of 50 plus for over six months. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, and we have so enough cool. we have enough water that's been donated to us to to send out work crews for over a year and a half. We won't even need another bottle of water. We've got enough wow. supplies that have come in from the local church, from local people. We're actually – so right now – We've got 50 mattresses set up in our fellowship hall, and that's where we're sleeping, people. We've built these little pipe dividers so women can sleep here, men can sleep here. Uh-huh. It's So it's so not the cool. greatest amount of um, privacy, but we're working on that, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. Yes. But we've also started taking in so many supplies. We've got a relief store, and we're planning on once, this, once the uh, air mattresses are out of fellowship hall, we're going to move all of our store to our fellowship hall. And for over a year, families that were affected are going to be able to come here and get diapers and wipes. And, and basically, going to hand them so two cool. sacks, say, fill these two sacks up. That's all we can give you. Whatever you come, need. Yeah. Come back in a week. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make sure that we can service the entire community That's and be incredible. the church. And every, every piece of that is absolutely free to them. Right. Every piece. Everything. Every, yeah. every bit, so including cool. all this work that we're doing. Right. right. I've got a team of men coming in from Louisiana on September 18th. They're going to be here for a week. And and by that time, we should be at a stage where we're able to screw up sheetrock. So anyone that might be listening right now yes. who, own, who owns a sheetrock company or knows someone who owns, and I don't even mean the workers. I'm talking about a supply house. Yes. I, I'm going to need several pallets of sheetrock, five eights, okay? Man. Four by eight, five eights. Okay. Anyway, just, <laughs> Perfect. I'll, I'll throw that out there. Hey, God can provide. He'll make a way. I he totally is. believe it. Somebody I, listening to this, if your heart is stirring, like, be open to what God might have you do. There's yes, a lot of need. You. Absolutely. And so that's that's the outpouring that we have seen. I mean, we have that seen. so cool. We throw a need on our Facebook page. Can I mm-hmm. plug that? Yes. Oh, of course. Yeah. Rachel? Yes. Are you there? Can you hear me? <coughs> oh, there hang we on. Go. Are you there? Oh, wait. We froze you guys. Hang on just a second. Are you there, Homer? I am. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yes. No, absolutely. And so and before, <coughs> you, before you say this, if you guys are listening and you're wanting to write it down, I'm also going to have any link that we talk about will be on our blog post as well for this episode. So um, it'll be linked from iTunes as well, but I know him.us. It'll be on everything that we talk about today, ways you can support, things that they're needing, their Facebook page, how to keep up with all of their um, – all of their ministry stuff, their recovery stuff, all of that will be available. So cool. Just okay. To awesome. Out. Yeah. And so, yeah, our, our Facebook page is the epicenter Harvey relief. And what we've been doing is basically when we have a need, we post it there. Right. right. And within 24 hours, almost everything is delivered here. That is and so, it's it's been, so it's, like God, isn't it? It is. And right now, we're in the process of fundraising to build this bunkhouse, um, and, and we're doing it as cheap as possible. I'm, you know, I'm going to everyone and asking for, you know, do it at cost. So on the construction side of it, we're keeping it down, but it's still going to end up being about $85,000. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm not waiting. We we're doing so. I've raised seven thousand. So we're doing the dirt work and setting the forms, and and I need to raise fourteen thousand by Friday because if I raise fourteen thousand, I can pour the concrete. Then I'm out of money. Uh-huh. And I, I when the next amounts of money come in, I start the next phase. But I've got to get this up so I can get relief workers off the ground. Yes. And so and so at battlecryministries.org you can go to the Harvey Relief page on that website and you can actually see the different ways that you can give. That's awesome. Right, right now it's flip calls and um and an address to send a check. They're all tax deductible because we're a 501c3 organization, but we're about to put a PayPal link and we're about to put a GoFundMe okay, account on, cool. all right there together. Awesome. Lots of different ways to get connected and to partner. And like I said, those will all be beyond the blog. Um, so yeah, that'll be great. So why don't you share a little bit more about, um, I mean, you are, you're the one that's kind of been spearheading this. How have you, let's, let's hear about, are there any stories that you can share with us about how you have seen God move? I mean, just in my, I mean, anyway. I sure can. Um, really just the overwhelming number of people. Mm-hmm. Me and you were chatting a little while ago, and, and you think about that scripture where, where the word says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Yes. Right? And so, and so you know, you think about that, and you think, you think spiritually a lot of times on that, and that's true. God right. will never leave us or forsake you. He's always there in spirit with those who have uh, who, who put their faith in him. But I've noticed the last few days, he also means in people. Oh, and maybe, so maybe not— Maybe not thousands and thousands of people, mm-hmm. but there there's not been one second. You know, the scripture says it's not good for man to be alone, right? Right, right, yeah. Not one second have we been alone. Not one second. Cool. And when I say that, I mean, okay, I've got Jade, I've got Robin, I've got Corey, I've got myself. But not one second has God left us alone. He is physically not forsaken us with people. He has sent you from the very first time you mentioned a need. Right. That's like, exactly right. Not even just physical donations, but when you ask for manpower, there has been someone there. That is correct. I have a young man named Colton who uh, I did a summer camp this summer. I met him for the first time. Uh-huh. He, he, he messaged me, Homer, I, I just want to give my weekend away. I'm coming. This is when I'm going to get here. I was like, okay, awesome, man. Come on. We can house you and we can feed you. About two days later, he calls and says, hey, man, I've got 22 coming. <laughs> what? Uh, another guy, another guy named Willie. He is from East Texas. Same uh-huh. thing. Homer, me and my fiance, we're going to come. We're going to work. And the next thing you know, he messages me. Hey, I've got 13 coming. So and, cool. And, and that blast, and not just that, but we had two more groups as well. And so just watching God provide physical needs, mm-hmm. but also people to meet all of the work needs that are way bigger than me. Right. Way bigger than Battle Cry. Literally, you know, as the scripture says, and I know it's talking about spiritually, but pray to the Lord of the harvest because the harvest is plentiful, the workers wow. are few. Yeah. I'll, obviously, I know in context right. that that's talking spiritually, uh-huh. it's talking salvation. But the same thing applies, and it has applied when, uh, as Ken, me and your friend Ken Bundy, <laughs> yes. would, would always say, a spiritual beggar. Right. Yes. I, so good. Matthew I, five. I have been begging God to just send an army of people here 
You know, you got the mm-hmm. Cajun Navy, the Cajun Army. I'm trying to raise up a, a, a Jesus Army, yes. right? Where the name, you know, what does it say in scripture? But I, when I'm lifted up, will draw all men to myself. Yes. And, yes. And, and, and then what does it say? It says in scripture, it says, it says, uh, it says a, a, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, do not hide your lamp under a bowl, but set it on a lampstand so that it can shine before all men. For what reason, though? To praise your Father in heaven. Jesus is being magnified out of this place, and he's going to continue to be. And we are seeing in the field. Listen, here's one for you. We did a house for a lady in Houston. A personal friend of mine is friends with this man. It's his man's mother. Okay. She was 84 years old in a legitimate hoarder, legitimate hoarder. Whoa. From top to bottom, eight feet in every square inch of this house was filled with stuff. Oh, my goodness. This man and my friend's brother knew that they could not do it. They contacted my friend. My friend contacted us. We put a team over there, got the whole house cleaned out, and one of the boxes was coming out. And this man, who it's his mama, he's an atheist. He saw a box going to the street with a Bible in it. He grabs the Bible and says, that can't go. <gasps> no and, way. And at the end, they all prayed together. And then this man's friend called me yesterday and said, Homer, you have no idea. And he had a 45-minute conversation with me, and it was ministry. And this is what I've been telling everybody. If you are looking for a place to come serve and do humanitarian work or philanthropy, uh-huh. that's fine. But we do ministry. <laughs> ministry is philanthropy with a twist of Jesus. Yes. yes. And that's what we're doing because it's Jesus that's going to do it. But those are just a few of, of hundreds of stories that I that can tell you so that happened cool. in three days. I love, I love the Jesus army that you're begging God for because – He's not, he's not going to say no to that. You know what I mean? It's kind of like there's, he's never going to, to say no to a chance to make his name known. And you know That's what that right. reminds me of? One, I mean, I, I, I was in high school whenever we were together last probably. And I think we were in Lubbock and you had brought these big banners. Do you remember yeah. the Jesus oh, banner? Yeah. Yes. And yeah. it had big red letters that said, um, you know, oh, what is it? What was it? was, it, it was the, who do you need? The answer is Jesus. Yeah. Are you tired of being empty? Yes. Are you tired of being miserable? Are you tired of being, uh, are you tired of being alone? Um, and then, um, what is the answer? And then the last banner says Jesus yes. Christ. Yes. So these yeah. banners, we had our youth group, and, and each group had a banner as they would, you know, a really popular street in Lubbock, right? And then I remember about two hours after we had been doing that, this car pulls up, and she's talking to Ken, you remember? And she said, she's I, just I bawling. Told- Bawling. I tell the story everywhere I go. <laughs> it's so great. She's just bawling. And she said, I, me and my husband prayed this morning or last night, whenever we've been praying that God would send an army of people to my son to remind him of who he is or, you know, remind him who God is and point him back to Jesus just to bring him back. And you guys, her son was about to be driving down that street on the way to work and he would see this army of teenagers with these yeah. big banners with bright red letters saying the answer is Jesus. How That's cool right. is that? That's, a, I mean, just a physical army. And God is going to be so faithful to send that. And I feel like we've been getting glimpses of this all throughout Houston and the areas. And I mean, I'm saying Houston, but I mean, the areas yeah. affected, you know. Port Lavaca, um, 
Rockport, uh, Beaumont, yes, Orange. Yes. The, Rachel, I've lived I've lived here my whole life. And I've been through multiple storms. Uh-huh. And I they all they all pale in comparison to this devastation. Oh, pale. Man. There's, even there's, there's nothing close to the devastation that we have in this in Southeast Texas. Nothing Ugh. close. No, no. And I remember somebody, someone was saying that that they were t- they were warning the local people like this is going to be unprecedented, and they yeah. couldn't even fathom what that was going to look like until it until it hit. That's right. And now here comes Irma, which is another hurricane, which is yeah. you know about to get stateside if it's not already. I'm I'm not even sure when it was supposed to land, but. Um, man, if that's not even another kind of a revelation about, if you're not in one storm, get ready because another one's coming. And if you're not anchored, you need to find something to anchor your hope in because these material things are not going to last. And you guys have seen this manifested. And like, I love how you're saying you're going in and you're not only providing, um, assistance and all of those things that people could they couldn't do it by themselves otherwise but you're able to sit take this opportunity and say okay like we're going to help you do this but we need you to know that it's in the name of jesus that's right that this is happening and that this is where the hope is and this is where the victory is um yeah. so why don't we um i would love to hear what you would might would say to someone else um something that we like to talk about kind of on the podcast is how can you What's something that you can encourage other people by for what may lie ahead for them in regards to storms ahead or storms that they're in, um, life yeah. storms? Well, one of my, one of my favorite verses ever is when, in regards to this, uh-huh. is when uh, Jesus tells his disciples, hey guys, let's get in the boat. They just perform miracles. And he says, let's get in the boat. And then he says this, he says, let's go to the other side, right? Right. We're going to get in this boat, and we're going to go to the other side. He made that proclamation. Then the Bible says that a storm arose. In fact, it says a furious squall, right? It wasn't some little storm. It was a, a furious squall. And the, boat, and the Bible says the boat was swamped, mm-hmm. okay? So it's important to listen to all the words there. Right. And so Jesus then was sleeping with his head on a pillow. And the disciples said, we're all going to drown. We're all going to drown. And 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 they wake him up and they say, don't you even care if we die, right? And he gets up and he, you know, he, he, he gets up and he, he calms the storm and, and the furious squall bows at his feet, right? Right. He and, rebukes and it, yeah. He rebukes it. And then he looks at him. He's not mad at him, but he looks at him and he, say, and he says, you have little faith. You have little faith. Mm-hmm. And what I've always, I've always thought about. What does that mean? Here's what, here's what it means. Jesus told them clearly, I will get you to the other side. Yes. It doesn't matter what furious squall comes up. <laughs> it doesn't matter what swamp is going to overcome you and make you white knuckle and clench the edge of a boat. I'm in the boat. Yes. And, and, and I'm with you. Again, I will never leave you or forsake you. Yeah, you might feel like you're going to drown, and you and, and and you might feel like, but it's not about feelings. Oh, it's that's about, good. It's about fact. Jesus told them a fact. I'm getting. We're going to the other side. Right. In the midst of the storm, they forget about the fact of Christ. They rely on their feelings, mm-hmm. and everything falls apart. But what does Jesus do? Not only does he calm the storm, but he also 
calm the hearts of the disciples. And that's the power, that's what I tell them. Yeah. And, 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 and I don't, I don't know if this is uh, in here. I'm trying to look at my phone right now. I want to, what I'd like to do, unless you have a segment in here where I can challenge the church, I do have a scripture that I want to share with the church. Yeah, go for it. This is all, all free, whatever yeah. you feel led to share. Because you've got Irma blowing in, right? And you're talking right. about this, that storm. Right. You've got this storm. You're going to have other storms. Five years from now, there's going to be another storm. Right, right. There's going to constantly be catastrophe. Mm-hmm. This world is cursed. Yes. And by the way, for those of you that might blame this kind of stuff on God, listen, trace it back to the garden. And whenever the man sinned against God, the whole earth was cursed. That's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the Bible describes the devil as what? The prince of this world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Does God have the power to stop it? You bet he does. He's the power to do anything. Absolutely. But in the free will of man, God cursed the earth because of man's free will. Now, getting past doctrine and theology. <laughs> I want to just simply come to the heart of anyone out there who claims you're born again. This is the difference between lip service. Paul says this. He says Christianity is not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, it says these people, they come near to me with their lips and they honor me with their mouth. But watch this. Their hearts are nowhere near me. I've got a scripture in Titus chapter three that I want to challenge the church with everybody and not just in this time of storm, but all the time in Titus chapter three, it says this and let our people learn and let our people Titus is talking to the church, right? Right. This to, is to the church, the, capital C across yeah, the, across denominations. Right. That's right. The body of Christ. Right. Who is our people? The body of Christ. Right. And let our people learn to what? To devote themselves. Mm. Listen, people (laughs) understand devotion. People are very good at being devoted to their basketball coach. Amen. Absolutely. We are masters at devoting to football. Yes. We are masters of devoting to our jobs. And I could could give Mm. you a hundred more things on the list. Right. So I don't need to explain to the church what devotion means. Devotion to self, too. Yeah. Yeah. The church understands the word devotion. Right. It's saying now let our people, the church, learn to devote that same kind of devotion, devote themselves to what? Good works. Mm. To devote themselves to good works, comma, so as to help cases, watch this, of urgent need. Wow. This is an urgent need, mm-hmm. and, and the church cannot continue to be a sleeping giant. Right now, absolutely. If you're if you're listening to this, and you've been busting your tail, and you're part of the church, I'm not. I'm not speaking to you. <laughs> who? This is who I'm speaking to: the pew sitting, air conditioned, sucking Christian <laughs> that's doing nothing except shouting "Amen" with your mouth. Mm. Get your butt off the pew and go into the world (laughs) and do something in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. Devote themselves to good work so as to help cases of urgent need, watch this, and not be unfruitful. Unfruitful. Wow. We will be recognized by our fruit, right? Absolutely. Fruit 
is what we do. Mm-hmm. It's what it's when you walk into the grocery store and you want to find a banana. What <laughs> what section do you go to? The produce section. Produce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fruit. That's so good, Homer. Yeah. Is what you what you produce. produce. <laughs> Man, and it yeah. and it's everlasting produce. It's not something I love how you touched on. Like we can be devoted to our jobs all day long. But yeah. the only thing that we're going to have when we're dead and gone is what we've done for Jesus. That's right. That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. That's so good. We've well, had church up in here. <laughs> we did. I love it. I knew we were going to. That's why I've been so excited about this, Homer. We, it, hey, is Trey there that he can do an invitation? <laughs> <laughs> no, he can play his guitar. Yeah. Oh, seriously. No, but honestly, one of the things, too, I love, and and Homer has always been great, at extending invitations to people that don't know the Lord. Like, come find out. And that's exactly what this podcast, it's come find out what it means to know God from the people that have experienced Him. That's that's the goal. Isaiah 56, 8, God told me a year ago, Homer, He said, you know, I'm going to gather, I'm going to use I know Him to gather those that believe and those that have yet to believe. So that yep. their eyes and their hearts will be lifted to, the, to one name, to the name of Jesus, and to the hope and the power um, that he offers to those who believe him and know him. Um, so that is, this has been so great. And I knew, and, and I know one thing that's really cool is, is in the midst of, of anything, whether you find yourself in a storm or not, Jesus is with you. And I love this, that God has been bringing this up to you, Homer, so much because he will never leave us or forsake us physically or spiritually, but a lot of people, they yearn for that. They yearn for that. Like, show me you're with me. Show me you're with me, God. So one more thing I just want to ask you, Homer, what would you say to someone who is, who is kind of in the waiting, waiting for, waiting for like God to show them that, that he had, he is with them. If they feel like they're kind of seeking him and he's not there yet, or they feel like they're still looking for him. What would you say to that person? I feel like someone out there is wondering that today. I just simply say, let go of the misery that you're clear so strong to that you can't grab Jesus because he's there. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's the things that you won't let go of. Your hands are so full of yourself that mm. you don't have a hand to grab a hold of his garment. Oh, and wow. so just let, let, let go of yourself. I'll tell you the way that the man, I'll tell you the way that the man who led me to the Lord did. His name is God Daniel, and this is what he said to me. He said, Homer, you're miserable, and you know it. He says, uh, he says, you can make whatever decision you want, but if you don't decide to let go of yourself and grab a hold of the garments of Jesus, here's what he said to me. Welcome to the rest of your miserable life. Oh, wow. Wow. And I had I sat there and I listened to that, and quite frankly, I wanted to slap his head off. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. But I had to sit there and say to myself, he's dead right. Mm. I'm not strong enough, and I have not got this figured out. And I'm hidden behind my, my sense of humor, my type A personality. I've hidden behind all of that. I've hidden be- behind my ability. I've right. always been a guy that's able. Yeah, yeah. But none of that could cure my internal misery, it, except Jesus. And when I found that, 
It's been on like Donkey Kong ever since. <laughs> That's the only way to live. God has so much for us. So thank you. That was great. And I think uh, you just kind of, on that note, I really want to conclude with if anyone out there is looking to know more about what it is to know God, send us an email. I know him blog at com, And we would love to um, to walk you through that. We'd love to, to point you in the direction of a local church um, and also to answer any questions you have about what it looks like to know him. Just like what Homer was talking about, we are here to bear fruit. We are here to be effective. God has created you for a purpose and he's created you to be profoundly effective because of what he's done for us through the cross. And so if you're in that spot, if you're a believer and you're wondering what that looks like for you, um, reach out to us. We'd love to help you walk through that as well. We just need to start, just like Homer said, from that Titus scripture. What was that again? The Titus reference? It's Titus, yeah, Titus 3.14. Titus 3.14. All right. We just, we are called to do something. God made us for a reason. He made us to be effective. He made us to, to draw near to him and to experience him. So, well, that's, that's our time for today, Homer. Thank you so much for being willing to, to take some time out of, out of your craziness down there. I know you guys have a packed day, a packed week, probably a packed year. Um, and so, um, yeah. but thank you for, um, for sharing with us how you have been seeing God move in the midst of this. For everyone listening, again, I want to um, just say that everything that we've talked about will be linked on the blog post, and so just visit that. You'll be you'll find ways to connect with Homer and their ministry and their operation down there, Battle Cry Ministries, and also um, anything Harvey-related ways that you can partner with them financially. Um, they're doing really big things. They're preparing for um, a long haul. This is not just a once-a-week kind of a thing. It's, it's going to be for the long haul, and they are in. They're ready to not only restore homes, but to restore lives with the name of Jesus Christ. So um, as, we, as we conclude, again, I just want to, to say, if you have any questions about what it means to know God, how you can have Him as the anchor of hope for your soul, reach out to us. That's what we're here for. We'd love for you to pray for you in your endeavor to know Him. All right, Homer, thanks again. And to everyone listening, I hope you have a great yep. week and you are, um, you are blessed in seeking out the Lord and praying that you experience Him in powerful ways this week. Talk to you next time.